Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Bakersfield 3 is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. It's been several years now, but I have a distinct memory of being in the newsroom, crowding around a computer with several colleagues, as we watched a video on Facebook of Matthew Queen and his new girlfriend, Sarah. You're gonna hold this, okay? A balloon, or something like it, popped, and blue confetti poured out. It took me a minute to figure out this was a gender reveal. Sarah was pregnant with Queen's baby, and they were having a boy. If I remember correctly, Sarah explained in the comments that Queen jokingly pouted in the video because he'd really wanted a girl. He already had three boys from his marriage. Instantly, I thought of the messages Queen had sent Jane before Bailey's disappearance, saying he and Bailey were having a baby girl. The timing, I just... I was trying to do the math in my head. The news created quite the buzz. Jessica, Bailey's friend, who was Queen's neighbor, had the same thought as many of us. What was the timing here? She's pregnant already, and Bailey's been missing for only so many months. Like, I just, I don't know, like, in my head for a while, I was trying to piece it together, and I just was like, this girl has to know something. Here's Bailey's best friend, Maddie. Some of the things that made me very... I guess just like emotional towards the situation because it's one of those things like, how can you do that to somebody, you know? And not to mention, she was only 20 years old at the time as well when she got pregnant, you know? It's like, here you are with a 43-year-old man whose girlfriend just disappeared and you have no problem having his child. I'm Olivia LaVoice, and this is The Bakersfield Three. By my calculation, Sarah would have gotten pregnant in either July or August, so roughly three to four months after Bailey went missing. Bailey's mother, Jane, has always made it a huge point to not let emotion overtake her. And hearing this news was no exception. She calmly did her best to accept it and keep moving forward. As she puts it, I knew I couldn't be made to look like I was crazy or else I'd never find Bailey. 
She continued to do what she always did, hang flyers every day. And every time Matt Queen had a court hearing, she'd show up. I let him know I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't going to stop looking for her. By this point, you might remember that Queen was facing charges for the gun case when he and Bailey were pulled over together, and a newer case where he was arrested for being in possession of a gun after police saw it sticking out of his pants on surveillance video as he dropped off all of Bailey's belongings after she went missing. Oftentimes in criminal cases, there are a lot of hearings. Many are insignificant and brief, just to reschedule and continue to push it back. But no matter what, Jane was always there in the audience. Sarah was there. One time I I would hand flyers out to everybody there and say, this is, you know, the BK3 flyers. And I gave Sarah one and I said, oh, congratulations on your pregnancy. I hope what happened to Bailey doesn't happen to you. And she just kind of giggled. And <laughs> Other than making that comment, Jane tried to not let the pregnancy or Queen and Sarah's relationship in general distract her from finding her daughter. A month or so after the gender reveal video surfaced, I was packing up my bag at the news station on a Friday evening when I got a call from Jane. She was very excited to tell me her persistence to get the Bakersfield 3 featured on national news had finally paid off. She had been trying for months to get Dateline, 48 Hours, 2020, any big crime show you can think of, really, to feature Bailey, James, and Micah's cases. When I asked her what the show was, her answer threw me off guard a bit. Runaways Gone Wild, all new Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, obviously a show myself, and I'd say probably most of the people listening are familiar with but not the first show I'd think of when it comes to covering an unsolved crime. Doctorville is no Jerry Springer. His episodes tend to be more tame than that. But many of them do center around family drama, whether it be struggling with your out-of-control children or your spouse with a wandering eye. Jane asked me if I could be at the studio to tape the show with her and the other moms that Monday morning. Pulling into the parking lot at Paramount Studios in Los Angeles, it was apparent this was going to be a different experience than any other national news program I've done, such as Dateline, for example. This had less of a news feel, more Hollywood, in the sense that guests had their own dressing rooms and hair and makeup artists on hand. Cheryl said it felt strange, getting all dolled up as if you're going out to a big party but instead you're going to walk out on a stage in front of a live audience of hundreds of people and discuss how you believe your missing son has been murdered. All three of them were as quiet as I'd ever seen them. They wanted the case to get national exposure in hopes it would lead to new tips, but they were also terrified. This wasn't just being interviewed by a local news reporter. This was a highly produced, massive show watched by millions. I was nervous too. Even though by that point, I'd been covering the case for seven months, I felt like for every answer I had, there were a hundred questions that followed. So when Dr. Phil asked the million-dollar question about the Bakersfield Three, I could only give a pretty vague answer. Olivia, do you, has, have you uncovered anything that suggests Agreed. what they would know that would be so devastating that they would need to be silenced in this way? One of the things that makes this case so complex is, I could say myself, I've gotten so many different stories, so many different tips 
um, from an array of people. So it can be really tricky what to believe. You kind of have to look at everything and see, okay, what stories are, are overlapping. But something that uh, myself and the mothers we have strongly considered is the possibility that Bailey, Bailey knew what happened to Micah and that made her a, a liability of sorts that she had that information. The taping lasted several hours. We were told the episode would air sometime after the new year. Christmas music played in the background as we walked out of the overly air-conditioned studio. The moms were so emotionally exhausted, they were almost zombie-like as they said goodbye and got into a car to head back to Bakersfield. An hour into their drive, the phone rang. Someone from Andy Rapid DNA called to give a brief to the point message. The testing on the leg and the arm comparing to Mike and Bailey's DNA had been successful, and the mothers would hear from detectives shortly. This was Monday evening, and the start of the clock where it seemed every second that went by was slower than the last. The next morning, I was in court with my 17 News cameraman, but I was out of my element. Instead of covering a criminal hearing, I was there to cover a civil harassment restraining order. Typically, I'd only report on a restraining order if it ended up being tied to a crime down the road. In this case, not only was there no crime committed between the two parties, there wasn't even a restraining order yet in place. Today's hearing was to determine if the petitioner's claims of harassment warranted one or not. As I waited in the packed hallway, shoulder to shoulder with sour-faced people there to air their grievances, I saw Jane scurry down the hall. Per usual, she was more chipper than you'd expect for a woman in her situation. She makes a conscious effort to be this way, hoping it will make more people want to help her. Di, James's mom, was behind her, always there for moral support. Then Sarah walked in with her mother by her side. She had her long brown hair pulled back, dressed professionally in a way, with her baby bump quite visible. At that point, I had never reported that Bailey had a close friend who moved in with Matt Queen after Bailey went missing and got pregnant by him shortly thereafter. Sure, it was an interesting, perhaps suspicious-looking tidbit about the case. But at that point, reporting it felt a little odd, as it was essentially gossip. Yes, I knew it was true— but I couldn't say if it had any relevance to Bailey's case. And both Queen and Sarah had always turned down my attempts to speak with them, so I didn't have their side other than a few Facebook comments and messages. But that day, technically for the first time, I had it all in writing, on an official document. It wasn't a police report, but rather Sarah's request for a restraining order against Jane, claiming Jane was stalking and harassing her and Matt Queen. And now it was her time to go in front of a judge and make her case as to why she needed the restraining order. And Jane's time to defend her actions that Sarah said rose to the level of stalking. Sarah started off with her points. She shows up to every single one of my family's parties to disrupt people else. She's saying she's passing out fires, but it's, it goes a little further than that. People are trying to intimidate me, try and solve the same person's case which is all due to Jane's words and the things that she has said on social media regarding it and her showing up to our house and all the court dates and um, her actions have gone too far. And I'm afraid for my and my son's safety. 
Sarah told the judge that her doctor advised that for the safety of her unborn child, Jane shouldn't be anywhere near her. I, I am concerned about her daughter's disappearance. Nobody's trying to stop the medical point of her daughter. I've given all the information I have to detectives. Jane continues to try and create a lynch mob source where everybody's saying all these things about me on Facebook. In terms of things being said on Facebook, I at that point hadn't reported anything about Sarah. But Jane had. Months earlier when it came out that Sarah and Queen were taking down Bailey's missing flyers in their neighborhood, Jane pledged to still continue to hang them in that area, even if she had to keep reposting them over and over. On the seven-month anniversary of Bailey's disappearance, Jane made a Facebook video that really rubbed Sarah the wrong way. Here's a clip of it. I always hang flyers up on light pole right here in front of the house. That's the house right there I last saw her at. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As someone who hears about crime day in and day out for a living, I try to find a balance between being aware of the terrible things that can happen to people, especially women, while also not trying to let those thoughts take up too much space in my head. I strive to be conscious of safety without being fearful. And what really helps me strike that balance is having a home security system. When I turn my Simply Safe alarm on before bed, I just sleep better, and that alone makes it worth it to me. Your home is where you should feel the safest, and having that sense of security is really nice, especially when you're binging true crime all the time, like I know a lot of you listening probably are. Some great things about Simply Safe is it's really easy to set up. There's 24/7 customer service, there's no contracts, and there's a 60-day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners peace of mind, and you deserve that too. Right now you can get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/bakersfield. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Jane doesn't say the address or even the street name, and the video is shaky as she tries to hang a flyer with one hand and hold her phone in the other. As that's happening, she narrates Sarah driving by in her car. I'm going to go over here and hang one up right in front of their house just because I can't. Little bitch pissed me off. As Jane would put it, it was a quick slip of the tongue, a second where emotions came into play. Normally, she's always quite composed. Sarah made sure to reference the little bitch comment in her request for a restraining order. And she mentioned that people had commented on Jane's video, saying someone needs to get Sarah to talk. After Sarah presented her side, Jane was given the chance to respond and defend her actions to the court. I do go to the court cases because he's the last person to have seen my daughter. Um, and the gun charges and stuff, he has to be involved in the missing daughter. In terms of hanging flyers in their neighborhood, here's what Jane told the judge. I hang flyers all over town. They're just all over town. But the last place my dog was at, that I saw her alive, 
Yes, I do concentrate in that area. Did I find a way of ever posting them in a address at the house? This is what Jane said about the hearing when we talked about it recently. I wanted to say a lot of things, but I couldn't. I just had to let it play out. And then when Sarah slipped up and I saw my spot. This is what Jane is referring to as Sarah's, quote, slip up. And unless do you think you're going to see her walking around where you're putting up the flyers in front of our house? Well... It wasn't a particularly dramatic moment, but Jane was still glad to have the opportunity to slip in the questions. Do you know something I don't know? Do you know what happened to her? Why wouldn't I find her there? After the hearing, the judge took some time to consider both arguments. Ultimately, Sarah's request for a restraining order against Jane was denied. Though it was an anticlimactic moment for Jane, because at the time, it was really the last thing she was worried about. She and Cheryl, Micah's mom, were still waiting for the DNA results. That was Tuesday. By Wednesday, I was on the phone with a detective myself asking what the holdup was. I remember him solemnly saying, with Christmas less than a week out, they were putting plans in place to tell the families the results soon. If it were my child, he said, I'd want to know before Christmas. They deserve that. It's a strange concept, but I understood what he meant. The first Christmas for all three moms without their children was already gut-wrenching enough. As people decorated their homes with string lights, roped Christmas trees to the roof of their cars, and listened to music declaring it's the most wonderful time of the year, it was a glaring reminder to the mothers they would never feel that joy again during the holiday season. This is a clip of a video Jane made that week after she tried to go into the grocery store to pick up a few things, and over two hours later realized her cart was still empty. As she described it, she was in a complete fog. She missed Mother's Day, her 21st birthday. Now she's going to miss Christmas and the realization that my daughter's not going to be here for Christmas. I need everybody to pray for a Christmas miracle that I get my daughter home. And somebody be brave enough to call and tell us where she is. Di also showed more emotion than she typically did. Here's a clip of her reading a letter aloud that she wrote to James for his first Christmas in heaven. Dear James, from your very first Christmas, I've always loved being your mom and being one of Santa's secret elves for you. You made me whole when you took your first breath. And now that your golden heart has stopped beating, My heart aches every moment of every day for you. You were so many things, and I just can't imagine anybody wanting to take your life. The only thing that I can think of is that whoever did has to be broken, so broken. And Cheryl, after the Dr. Phil taping and getting the call that results would be coming soon, well, she spent the next few days quietly at home, trying to process that answers were coming. That Thursday, the call from detectives finally came, asking the families for a meeting. We met at Jane's house, and I guess 
Detective Garrett had called in the troops from every uh, the whole place. Looking back on it now, it feels like the place was packed. So it's either Mike or Bailey, right? Because they're not going to invite the whole neck of the woods, right, to come and find out it was neither. So he knew walking in there that somebody was going to come out with some information. Cheryl and Micah's father, Lance, walked in with Di as they sat in Jane's living room, crowded by various law enforcement officials. It was very surreal. Then someone from the coroner's office started to speak. And they told me first that Bailey's not a match for the arm, and she wasn't a match for the leg. And my response was, oh my God, now I never know where to go look for her. As Jane broke down hearing that neither body part belonged to her daughter, detectives turned to Cheryl and Lance. Which, of course, then leaves us. We would all be sitting here if it wasn't Micah, right? And so that's when they said that it it was uh, indicated um, a certain match with my DNA that I had given, the swab that I had given. That day, five days before Christmas, Micah's family got the confirmation the arm found in the duffel bag in the river belonged to him. I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. I don't decorate for it. I don't. It was, you know, that's just a week that I go to bed. I just can't function. I don't function. Um, so... Christmas is um, difficult. I'll never forget that day. I had just a few hours at work before heading home for the holidays. It was noisy in the newsroom. Everyone was chattering about Christmas and New Year's Eve plans when Cheryl called me. On the other end of the phone, all I could hear were her screams muffled within deep sobs. She didn't have to say anything. When I did eventually have a conversation with Cheryl about the horrific news, I was a little surprised at what part of it she seemed to want to discuss the most. They don't tell us anything. Um, so I don't know who they were, but I know that there were some young people that found the the duffel bag and opened it in the river that day and and realized that there was, you know, a body part in there. And they... They did the right thing, and they called law enforcement. And they did, they did the scary thing. They didn't just throw it back out in the river and run and have a story to tell, right? They, they talked to law enforcement, and, and that meant so much to us. And we've, Lance and I have always thought it would just be wonderful to be able to speak to them and tell them how much we we love them. We don't know who they are. But just thank you for taking, if any of they hear this, just thank you for taking care of our son when you found him. Just thank you for not throwing him away again. Cheryl and Lance say that group of boys are their heroes, and they'll never know how much they really mean to them. Nameless strangers who changed their lives. Who brought the confirmation that changed everything in this case.
There were all sorts of rumors about who might be involved in this. Once we heard law enforcement say that, we knew, okay, there's something big about what's going on. There's something crazy about this case. That's next time on the Bakersfield Three. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.